0: Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. I'm exhausted, though. Got to be very honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving is not an easy sport. No. Nor, by the way, is it a quick sport when you are playing it yourself. It's. Uh, <laughs> this is an extended metaphor. Yeah. We, we live five blocks from our old place, and Jeff and I are like, well, you know what? We'll just move everything ourselves, and uh, it's been a lot. Yep. It's been a lot, but we are 99% moved in. Um, still got some things to hang on the wall. Still got some things to sort of finish, but... Well, uh, before we even in go into... Shit. Yeah, before we even go into, like, anything else,
1: I do want to... Among other things that we're that we're hanging up... Yeah. I want to talk about one of the things that you discovered from
0: your calendars. Well, <laughs> okay. So, when, when you move after... Uh, being in one spot for, uh, over a decade, you discover a lot of things you forgot about. There's pictures, there's like old tax forms, or there's, there's lots of calendars that you used to keep, um, from many years ago. And, you know, amongst all these boxes, I do have all of these calendars, um, you know, week by week calendars, that I wrote down what I was doing. This is before iPhones, before Blackberries, or whatever, before Google uh, calendars. Yeah, I would write down what I was going to do each day, and when I was moving but, these, but that's not the weird part. The weird part is that you kept like fifteen of these, and I, not fifteen, I, and well, not not fifteen. And so, <laughs> and so I uh, I said that you were like Brett Kavanaugh, yeah, I'm just keeping my calendars, <laughs> Dad. So. Um, So, so Jeff, Jeff shamed me, Mm -hmm. uh, from being a pack rat. And I was like, you know what? Fine. I'll throw them all away to make you happy. Mm -hmm. Netflix person. Oh, Marie Kondo. Yeah. Yeah. If it doesn't bring you joy, then throw it out. Right. So I was like, you know what? Um, I'm getting a whole bunch of things framed. You know what? I have a good idea. Let me go back and find the week that I went to. The Grammys with Kanye West. He who must not be named. Yeah. And, uh, and I pulled those two pages out clean. I didn't rip them out or anything. I, I took them out safely. And there's a lot of really cool information on those two sheets um, that, that paint a, a pretty cool picture of who I was then and who I am now. And the, um, the things that I had to do. The uh, yeah, like
1: you wrote down all the events, yeah. You wrote down uh that you wanted to write thank you notes to Don C and to John Monopoly, and
0: to it's 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 very sweet to look back and and to yeah, A track, yeah, Chike and Kuri, and uh, Marcus and Barry, and uh, all, all the guys. And it's very uh, it's it's cool to consider how far uh I've made it since that point, and it's really nice now to have it. Framed and and mounted and uh, ready to go up on the wall at some point. So anyway, I was back at the old apartment and I was shredding documents, which sounds sketchy. <laughs> I was I was shredding, shredding documents. Uh, guys, come on. Yeah. What what? Uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> what nefarious all, business have you been up? That's to? That's all that needs to be said. I was I was yeah. back at the apartment shredding documents, mm-hmm. and uh, and you texted says we're gonna make a run, <laughs> and he, and you texted and you said uh, that you were going down to uh, Sobs.
1: Yeah, because Westside
0: Gunn and Conway
1: and Benny the Butcher and all them smoke
0: Dizza. Yeah. Uh, they were, were gonna all be gonna
1: down be there. down at SOBs, and I was like, Oh, that's
0: dope. Cause you know, we had been uh moving for a week, and uh you, you wanted to get out, be on the scene, show your face, say hi to people, and and have a nice night.
1: Be on the scene. Be on the scene. I wanted to Jeff was, step out. Jeff
0: put his in my finest best leather jacket. jacket. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, so so you so said I went you were going go down, and right. I was.
1: Yeah. Uh, I walk in the spot. Yep, Junior let me write in. Yeah, yeah. Um, no ticket. Shout out to all my people at SOBs. <laughs> and I walk in, and um, it was packed. It was really, really packed. I hadn't seen an SOBs crowd like that in quite a while. Mm-hmm. And I'm feeling good. I saw a few people. Um, Smoke Dizza was like, "Yo, let's go to the VIP, VIP section." Mm-hmm. And so I followed him and five others um, towards VIP. And then the line just like stopped like yeah. smoked is a like. So again, it was a like crowded, crowded, crowded room. Yep. The VIP section was also crowded, crowded,
0: crowded. Yeah. Joe Budden mall. Yeah. So uh,
1: smoked is gets to the front of the line and is like getting into VIP. And then the five people behind <laughs> him are not. And I was the sixth, and I was just like. This is stupid. Like, I'm just going to go back to where I was standing. I think
0: that's one thing that you and I are just very good at at this point in our lives, where it's just like you weigh your options and it's like, am I really going to be like the sixth guy to be online?
1: Like, you just seem
0: like so desperate. I'm just like, no, no, like never. I would never. (laughs) And like, I'm sorry, but VIP
1: is not that cool. It's just more sweaty. Right. And so, whatever. Anyway, I love, I wish I could have seen Joe Budden. I wish I could have seen Rory. I wish I could have seen Maul. That would have been fun. But. I'm cool going back to my regular spot. Yeah. So I go to the spot which is by the door, and, um, and two people uh, recognize me, and that was dope, and mm-hmm. I really appreciated that. Um, and so I'm standing there, and from behind, I just feel commotion. Commotion, I yeah, guess. Yeah. And I saw this waiter who was coming down the stairs, and this tray of drinks just like flew through the air and hit me all down the back of my pants. Like, like
0: just worst case scenario.
1: Well, worst case scenario is that you like get shot. But like the second worst scenario, I guess is that the drinks were gasoline oh, and that yeah, they yeah, yeah, on yeah, fire. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know, who am I, am I going to like yell at the waiter or something? Like I wouldn't, that's not me either. And so I just like looked down at my leg and I looked at the door and I walked out the door. That was it. That was it. You didn't.
0: You didn't see the performances.
1: No, I, I went down there. I got a tray of drinks spilled on me, and then I left. And so, so that you were was there for a,
0: a total of
1: uh, thirteen minutes, wow. maybe total. Damn.
0: And so that's a long, wet ride home. Yeah, not great. Local, but, local train. <laughs>
1: and so yeah, I get home on the local, and I go to our old uh, supermarket because it's twenty four hours. And I was just like. Um, the guy who works there, Chris, was just like, yo, like, that's a dope jacket. I'm like, I just got spilled on.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> and then, um, not, not a great night.
1: No. And so I wake up the next morning and I searched uh, It's The Real on Twitter because I'm vain. Yeah. And, <laughs> and somebody wrote, like, at 730 in the morning, like, Jeff from It's The Real got an entire tray of drinks spilled on him uh. and it was heated. And so I retweeted and I said, an entire tray.
0: Yeah. Facts. Facts. Well, otherwise... Otherwise, great week. Great week. Great week. And even that,
1: like, you know, like, let's be honest. It's not like that, like, killed all my
0: no no and and you know what you'll 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 go back to sobs and pretend like it never happened
1: no i'm gonna tell every single person next (laughs) time i was here you'll never believe what happened to me where's Uh, the waiter find him
0: jeff today on the podcast today on the podcast we have the waiter who spilled an entire (laughs) tray of drinks on me Uh, is that right harrison remler harrison remler logics manager shout out to uh one one third of Visionary Music Group? Yeah, let's say that. It's whatever. Logic He's the and Chris C- and him. He's the COO mm-hmm. of Visionary Music Group, uh, one of Logic's main dudes, Harrison Remler, who is a extremely accomplished person. And an extremely young person. At age 26. Yeah. He's a 30 under 30. He's done tour managing. He's done a lot of marketing plans. He's done deals that you... Couldn't even that he couldn't even imagine. Okay, yeah. It, it, he's 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 a young man with a long resume at this point, and we talk about those things today, whether it's dealing with a Viacom or a Def Jam or a Rubik's Rubik's. <laughs> <laughs> but but he has been he has been super instrumental in Logic's career over the past seven years. And uh, to get to this point as a human being and as a manager is fascinating. And we talked about all that stuff today. These two guys from Westchester and this one gentleman from Long Island, from the north shore of Long Island, Long Island. There's a lot of Westchester and Long Island talk today.
1: Honestly, there could have been way more. (laughs) Like,
0: Like we really could have gone into it where it's like.
1: Okay, like, do you know Tanya Kessler? <laughs>
0: but, so Harrison was highly recommended to us by our great friends, Justin Fleischer the Fleish. and Alex Chichamaro. The bald god. And he lived up to the hype. Shout out to Harrison. Shout out to all you Logic fans out there. And shout out to everybody who likes these behind-the-scenes stories because um, everyone's journey is different. Everyone has put in a lot of work, and Harrison is no different in that respect, but way different in terms of... Just how he made it to this point, and we were super glad to sit down with him. Yeah, also Jeff, very likable, very likable, and uh, and very tall, very tall. Another thing that not peop- taller than me, but tall. That's all right. Yeah. Another thing that people like a lot, as mm-hmm. you know, are the three episodes that you want to recommend. I sure do, and it's nice that we always think of this
1: before. <laughs> a lot we of preparation goes into this. Start
0: reading these. So, Jeff, you are obviously ready. To go right now to tell the people which episodes you recommend they listen to if they are interested in young Harrison Remler.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm not stretching this out at all. Okay, no. we are. I, I decided a long time ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Number 230, Josh Dick. Shout out to Josh Dick. Another behind the scenes story, another great man in this great music business. Josh Dick is a for- Josh, no name is a former touring agent is the current manager for people like ASAP 12e and the Flatbush zombies and Mac Lamore. <laughs> and he is just a wonderful soul a truly funny guy and did we mention that he was on the first episode of? Making Did the he's band. he's making the band? Yeah. Because that happened. Amazing. Go check out that episode with Josh Dick.
1: Uh, I would also say number 60, Lenny S.
0: Shout out to our man, Lenny S. You know, that's Jay-Z's right-hand guy. and uh, He's our left-hand guy. He is. Lenny is awesome. <laughs> that's it. No, no. <laughs> yeah, listen to the episode. <laughs> listen to the episode, but, you know, uh, the Bronx's own and Puerto Rico's own. Lenny Santiago, who is known for his photography, he's known for his A&R work, and he's known for... Getting things done. He now manages Fabulous, and he manages DJ Khaled, and he told a just outstanding story. I love that episode. Episode number 60, Lenny S. Yes. All
1: right, I'm also going to say two more. Oh,
0: two uh, Just in quick succession. Yeah. What? I'll, I want to say
1: number 165, digital marketing executive Alex Chichamaro. What? But I also want to follow that up with number 190, director Justin Fleischer. What?
0: yeah shocker (laughs) Uh, i can't believe it jeff Mm -hmm. Uh, two of our best friends alex chichamaro and justin fleischer two episodes that go hand in hand two of our most hilarious episodes you're ever going to find the bald god and the fleisch go check out those episodes right now no explanation needed justin fleischer and Alex Chichamaro. Yeah. Jeff, when do you want to get into this episode? Right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Dr. Zizmor, a.k.a. Fix Your Face. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Chasing Cloud, a.k.a. Nazi
1: Hunters in Argentina. What's going
2: on? It's Harrison. Remember, <laughs> how
0: are you? Yes, it's your third favorite podcast to waste time with this is the real. <laughs> Harrison, was. No happening? No Nazis found yet. I was in Argentina. <laughs> yeah. I was
1: literally in Argentina.
0: Really? Were you really? Yes. Well, what were you doing down in...
1: I was hunting Nazis. <laughs> always hunting Nazis. Always.
2: Always. We stay together. That's right. Um, long story short, my sister was studying abroad there, mm-hmm. and she fell in love with her host sister, who then became my family's third child. Okay. So we went down for her wedding. So I go down to Argentina, and all of a sudden, I have a sister yeah. married that I don't even really know.
3: <laughs> at, a, at,
2: a, at a mall. But how what? At the mall? That's how the Argentinians get married, officially, at a mall. Really? They have like uh, government offices on like the third floor of the mall, like next to P.F. Chang's.
1: Wait, so was it catered by P.F. Chang's?
2: It was not catered by P.F. Chang's.
1: That's a a real disappointment. Um, So you
2: go to the mall and then after we have like a very pleasant, normal um, get-together lunch. Lots of white bread, so tough for me. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And... It was great. It was fantastic.
0: Is the ceremony in the M&M store and like the actual... I uh, swear to God, it's literally at the third floor of a mall. <laughs> That's so dope. I'm so into this. So
2: you can either get married, you can either get divorced, you can either fight a traffic ticket, or you can either fight like a regular standard ticket all in one. And this was just
1: the wedding, though? This was just the wedding. No divorce? No divorce. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> yeah.
0: Knock on wood. Knock on um, wood. You are... Uh, I guess, well-traveled. I'm fortunate enough, my mom did
2: international banking for 18 years. Wow. And we have a house in Panama because we couldn't afford a house in the Hamptons. Mm-hmm. But it's the same travel time, four hours from Newark <laughs> to really, Panama. It's really only four hours? And from hours? Port Washington, Long Island to the Hamptons on a Friday. is four hours. So we went to Panama. Um, so for 15 years, we have a house there. And it's a whole other life. It's wait, awesome. wait, wait, okay, okay, hold
0: on. Okay, so lots uh, of Panamanian Jews. You're, no Nazis yet. You're, <laughs> you're, you're originally from Long Island. Originally from Port Washington. Is that the North Shore or the South Shore? That is the North Shore. Okay, what's, what's growing up on the North Shore like? And do you hate the South Shore? I wanted to actually reverse that question to you guys. <laughs> uh oh. Um, I grew up in Port Washington, New York. Mm-hmm.
2: People don't really re- understand, it's actually a very diverse town. It's a mix of Jewish, white, massive El Salvadorian um, population, massive, very, very affluent um, part of town called Sands Point. Um, a lot of music industry people live there. Um, also, we have a, a you know strong Catholic, strong Christian, um, major Asian population. Very, very cool place to grow up on the water. Beautiful. Do I hate the South Shore? No, because my grandma lived on the South Shore, so okay. I can't talk bad on her. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think the five towns should have its own currency. And I I do think that uh, being on the Port Washington line, the LIRR, Great Neck, deserves their own line.
1: No, I thought that it was Mm -hmm. all like, you know, kids in North Face. Having (laughs) you guys,
2: I want to ask you, we need to describe why the difference between Long Island Jewish people, Mm -hmm. Westchester Jewish people,
1: New York City Jewish people, and why they think (laughs) of each other in certain ways. Okay, so first of all, we talked to our friends, uh, our mutual friends, uh, Justin Fleischer, and Alex Chamaro the ball god and they said that you were going to turn this around <laughs> and that you they were going to flip it yeah that, that it was going to be the first Q&A but it would be a Q and Q
0: <laughs> yeah, i'm trying and <laughs> here we are um the difference between Westchester Jews and Long Island Jews and New York City Jews you know i think that that Long Island Jews end up being the most stereotypically jewish i think Westchester Jews are more reserved and I think New York City Jews, they're like alphas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're beyond alphas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, They're like,
1: yeah. They're like when they're you like go Alex. to Benihana yeah. and you only
2: see the orange goldfish. And then, like, you <laughs> see, like, the
1: one shitty blue one. That's us from Long Island. Yeah. yeah like, Although they, you, hate it, they hated us. They hate us well, well, yeah. from Long Island. I, well, Do first you? of all, I feel like everybody hates everybody from Long Island. Like, I feel like Long Islanders are the most persecuted people. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's such a weird thing to when people say, how are you? Where are you from? And yeah. you say Long Island, New York. It's just, like,
0: scary. <laughs> well, here's, here's how I want to know how Jewish you are. Uh-oh. Do you get stopped by the Orthodox Jews at the train station asking if you want to, like, you know, shake the lulav or something like that? Yes, I do get stopped. And, I and do, get stopped. And Wait, do, do you... you keep
2: going? I keep going. Yeah, okay, because yeah. Because I am more of a traditional Jew. Mm-hmm. I am Reform but I am not very uh, religious in any sense, more spiritual in my So you opinion. don't yeah, climb so, in the van and shake the thing? <laughs> no, but I did, I did have a weird moment in my life where I went to Festival of Light, Modest Yahoo, every year with my Asian friend. Hold on. And we would, we would wait outside of Modest Yahoo's green room and wait for him to finish davening to, to <laughs> talk to him. You were a Modest Yahoo fans? You were about I, his I, was, Yahoo, Yahoo's? I, was, you I swear Asian to God family. I was seven it was 740 I have a wild memory it was like 746 is that the Jewish year no it was 746 <laughs> time and I had to leave for school at 8 a.m. because I lived like five minutes from my middle school yeah and King Without a Crown came on like on MTV hits like right before school and I knew from that moment I was
0: obsessed you Same. were like I feel seen but I did go with the Chabad group oh my god to now you're more Ammonish Jewish than us. yeah um but that was also you really went to sleepaway camp which is like a really jewish thing like yeah. we didn't I hated that. it we I went to day it. camp got it yeah, yeah. local yes. we stayed local we didn't we didn't do that very creative day camp from what i understand yeah it, it was <laughs> it was but wait so oh. were you always harrison or harry i was always harrison i hated harry for a while and
2: then in sixth grade i got har h-a-r yeah uh, my middle name is
0: abraham okay that was, that was intense so you yeah. are jewish yeah um yeah. so yeah. <laughs> uh, now it's been harry for some reason in the music business it's Harry. Did you have the did you have the L O bean bag with the three initials? I actually was there? so embarrassed of my
2: middle name that I switched it to T cuz I was to embarrassed. stand for what? I don't know. To I stand for thought, heater. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But then I then
0: I yeah, then I moved on.
2: Now I yeah. love it. Yeah, it's awesome. So
0: but but so your 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 parents pushed you into sports. Yes, but yeah, my dad was,
2: is a sports lover. He mm-hmm. uh, he absolutely loves sports. He Grew up, he went to the same high school and was on the same high school basketball team as Ernie Grunfeld, the wow. ultimate Jew. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he was obsessed with basketball. He's very fit. Um, he was really into boxing. Oh, his sports was everything. You yeah. Know, basketball. Basketball basketball was really our, our love, and baseball I was a bit better at. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, I chased it. I don't know why. I regret it a little. Um, well, why? I... I Sports are interesting when you get older, especially the collegiate level. When you put in, you don't really get out what you put in. So that being said, I... I wasted, I felt a lot of energy I could have been putting towards my business at the time. That being said, you know, you learn work ethic. You learn, yeah. you know, you, you gain a ton of relationships. Um, but no better days than high school basketball. That's, you know what I mean? More layup lines and, and staring at cute girls that'll never stare back yeah, That's well, a dream. And, yeah. and <laughs> th- my issue was I was a tweener. I was like a bruiser, but I wasn't that good of a guard. So I was like in between. Um, but I could still play.
0: But there's yeah. got to be something about like camaraderie and, you know, uh, matching up against teams and traveling and and all that which builds you and your character as a person you know i think that's that's what high school sports should be about yeah but it ends up being about a lot more than that i'm the
2: only prospective student athlete whose father would tell coaches the best this kid would be would be a relief pitcher wow because my dad was always like you know somebody else is working harder than you somebody else is outworking you somebody when you're sleeping they're working so um well did
1: that did that drive you to actually work harder though
2: Yeah, I I was I was a freak. So I would like run sprints during my off periods at school. I would do the run the stairs after practice. I was nuts. So Um, see,
1: I'd be worried about that in that I feel like at a certain point you'd like have like a major glitch and like would just like go off and like do all the drugs.
2: Yeah, I didn't do drugs. My parents, my 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 parents were awesome. They weren't too strict, but they were. It was a no-drug household. Yeah. yeah. Did you... My dad was a chef for 18 years, and I've learned a lot of things about drugs in New York, culture and food yeah. recently, but um, but it wasn't... Wait, a, where was he chefing? He was a chef all over the city, everywhere from the Odeon to the Pierre to the Reebok wow. drug, where Whoa. He would, where he would, you'll love this, he would play and pick up basketball games with Tony Kukoc, Teresa Witherspoon, because they would practice there. That's dope. The Bulls would practice there, the Liberty would practice there, he would serve soup for Jerry Seinfeld. Well, um, Wait, he served soup for Jerry Seinfeld, yes, and he said it was just like the show. <laughs> he would walk in, he'd say, Let me get the same soup, and, yeah. and Jerry would sit at the table, and then the girls would come by, and the, he, the girls would say, Hi, Jerry, and he would say, Hi, girls. <laughs> um, but I guess there was like a 45 minute break where the guy, where the chefs got to play on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, so my claim to fame in middle school was that my dad was in the sauna with uh, Shaquille O'Neal and, uh, Regis Philbin. Holy cow. What a threesome. I know. Yeah. Yeah. What <laughs> it, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. <laughs> but like, but like, what did, what did,
1: what did they talk about?
2: Yeah. I mean like the other dads were like finance moguls, but my dad was, you know, yeah, that's
0: yeah. amazing. Does your dad bring that home? Like is every meal he, a great he meal? Doesn't. Um, it's a very
2: arduous job and it really, really drains you physically. And I think he tried to escape it a little bit. Um, so a lot of microwave meals. <laughs> no, no, he'll he'll you know come come big holidays he steps up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know he he the cool thing is he puts something out of, he can put together something out of nothing, right? So when there's no food in the pantry, before you know it, we have a really cool meal. Yeah. Um, but just everything's like on another level, you know. When he makes scrambled eggs, it's it's true perfection. And did you learn to cook as a kid? I didn't because it was way too intense. When he tried because he went to the CIA, the Culinary Institute yeah. of America, so it was like literally talking about probably the closest thing I've been to a Nazi, literally, yeah. <laughs> uh, is him teaching me how to cook. So that being said, I just watched. I do love to cook now when I have time.
0: How committed were you in high school to, to Very, baseball? very committed. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, I would play on elite travel teams. This one team in the city that was cool, Bayside Yankees, where kids would come from Queens, uh, New York City, Westchester, all over. It was awesome. We would travel. Um, but my dad always pushed me to be sort of, he'd rather me play on the best team and be one of the kids who wouldn't get the most time than be one of the better kids on a worse team. Um, but I was
0: very, very committed. Yeah. And how committed were your teammates? They were equally as committed. I mean, these kids were, some of these kids played Division One. some of wow. them made it
2: to the minor leagues. Yeah, wow. Yeah.
0: Were you a relief pitcher in high school?
2: I, it was really weird in high school. I, my freshman year, I tore my UCL in my oh. elbow. And then in my senior year, I did as well. So, mm. any um, reason? I don't know. It was a common elbow injury, but mm-hmm. I, I, so I never really got to show my stuff in high school. But in summer ball, it was really good. What was your pitch? I actually had a splitter, um, and it was filthy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but baseball really was. I, I, I don't think about it much. Yeah, hmm. it's the way it transitioned into college and how it all came about with the music and and visionary and everything. It really became a last thought in
0: my brain. Back to the Panama thing. Yes. Your, your. 10 or 9 or something like that? 12, probably. And your parents are like, hey, we're going to get a house in Panama. Yes. Uh, Like 80 minutes outside of the city. Um, And you say, okay. I
2: said, okay, yeah, cool. (laughs) Um, We get a house in Panama. It's awesome. Before you know it, my mom meets like every Jewish family there. She has a million friends. Um, It's beautiful. It's amazing. What's
0: there to do for a 12-year-old in 80 minutes outside of Panama City? It's a very cool... 80 miles. um,
2: Gated community very safe in terms of uh you know pool beach very very relaxing yeah not yeah. a big scene at all not over touristy um, family time yeah that's great
0: so would you get into Panama City I w- I've spent a lot of time in Panama City and yeah. w- what's the culture like down there it's what you would imagine not that much to I don't recommend
2: more than a day and a half there there's not really that much to see besides the canal and some really cool restaurants um, it's busy it's a ton of traffic it's very, very, very hectic, so.
0: Yeah, so when you're watching the Panama Canal... Yes. A boat comes in. Yes. They close the... Um, the bridges. Yeah, and fill it up. The lock, sorry. Or bring it down. Yes. And then they open up the other ones, and away it goes. Yes. And that's your experience? Literally. I've seen wow. I've been like 1,700 times. <laughs> wow. A man, a plan.
1: Am I right? <laughs> a man, a plan, a canal. Yeah. Panama. Yeah. Um, no, it's a really
2: cool place, and I... I um, Probably the coolest experience of my life when it comes to meeting a hero of yours. There's one restaurant in the beachside within like a 30-mile radius of us, and I was there with my family, and Mariano Rivera walked in. I knew with it. 30, I knew it. He walked in with 35 family members and fed them all. Wow. Um. And my dad thinks Mariano is, you know, sent, I mean, sent from God.
0: So yeah. yeah. Well, you were um, supposed to be him. So, you know. In essence, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah. He He was a little better than me. Well, I mean, so, you both played for the Yankees. We did. The Bayside Yankees. His son yeah. actually played <laughs> yeah. for the Bayside
1: Yankees. Yeah. I, I but, was his camp counselor. His son just retired. From what? Major League Baseball. And now he's living life. Wow.
0: Wait, his... Yeah, he's a Westchester kid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 They would go to Tough the name. Mariano, Mariano
1: Rivera Jr. Yeah. But like the night like okay. The so nicest. The nicest kid, Paul O'Neill, on the other hand. <laughs> Did not tip well. <laughs> Did not tip well. And also his kid's not that great. Yeah. Andy O'Neill. <laughs> yeah. Andy. Andy O'Neill. I um, met Mariano.
2: That was surreal. Yeah. Very surreal. Because he has a weird relationship with Panama. His I believe his brother or cousin unfortunately got electrocuted hmm. um, and he didn't go back for a while. Wow! But that being said, that was surreal. That was not the first time I met him. I met him with Chris Saru, who I, who I work with, a visionary, mm-hmm. in Times Square. Really? In with of uh, all places, with an artist we used to manage who was on this podcast, mm-hmm. um, who's no longer part of our roster, who had no idea who he was. And Chris is the biggest Yankee fan I know, and he said, "Holy shit, that's Mo!" I said, <laughs> "Holy shit, that's Mo!" And
0: the 42nd and 7th.
2: And wow! Literally. Got the picture and that
0: was it. Growing up in Westchester is like this. Um, you are the camp counselor for uh, Nick's kids, uh, Rangers' kids, and Mets and Yankees' kids. And uh, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and and you would go out to the bars once you became of age in White Plains and run into uh, Mariana. Bernie Robert. Williams. Oh, Bernie <laughs>
1: Williams, right, right. Yeah, Bernie Williams, who will be playing like his uh, guitar. Yeah. He does play. Yeah. 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 Um, you
0: are driven and you're focused in high school um did you finish like towards the top of your class i did not um i was top i wasn't in the top 10 percent, but i was a good student yeah mm-hmm. yeah um but was was there a goal in mind you're like i am going to go to this specific school and i'm going i to wanted to go to person? the best school that i could go to using baseball to get me there mm-hmm. um i wanted to go to columbia
2: i here in the city. Was I did want to go to Columbia in the city. Yeah. I not the country. Yeah, not the country. You know, that, that would have Panama. been just as fun. Yeah. <laughs> um I was not good enough to go there, so it ended up I went to Vassar. Um but the goal was in credit to my grandpa, my mother's side, whose most important thing in his life to make sure that we had a good education was to go to the best school I could go to. Yeah. yeah. Um I had no idea what I wanted to do. I had I yeah, I just want to go to grade school. So it was like Vassar, Haverford, Swarthmore. So it ended up going so to. So, like Vassar. a small
1: like liberal arts yep. school yep. Um, where you'd be like the BMOC. Does Swarth- <laughs> the there's Swarth- there's no such thing. What I realized. Swarthmore what, doesn't
2: have a sports team. They do have a sports team. <laughs> what I realized. But they the, grade with like unicorns and like the, rainbows and the stuff. The most deceptive thing about liberal arts schools, there are no BMOCs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are. Right, because they, they don't have there are, there genders. H H I C Head Hipsters and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like you're and a Vassar with a massive gay population. There's the cool gays, the semi cool gays, and then
0: the normal. So you gays. went and visited yeah. all these schools. I did. And and what was your top two? It came down to Vassar. I
2: applied early, so I didn't have to. Really think of a second. thank And, God. and you both yeah. went to where again? I, I went to Syracuse. I yeah. went
1: to Boston University. And yeah. I remember uh, Faraz Nasir was my freshman year roommate. Shouts to Faraz. Faraz. Who was, yeah, yeah, who's now like a, a zillionaire somewhere. Yeah. Um, and but we're here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <In> <laughs> trying room, to keep our mansion. lunches. 11.95 yeah. yeah. right. our lunches. That's right. That's but right. like, uh, yeah, Faraz, I had like a, a five-minute conversation with him, maybe. And it was just like,
0: hey, like, what's going on? My, okay, Like, are you bringing a mini fridge? Yeah, my roommate Nate was from Iowa. And I was like, oh, my God, he's a basketball player. He's coming. What other reason does a person from Iowa, from northeast Iowa, uh, make it to Syracuse You know, with? And uh, he did play basketball, but he was like five nine, five ten, definitely not playing for the school. So, um, But you make all these assumptions, and then you go and live with them. And then it's like, oh, that's who you really are as a person. And we both had great roommates. Did you? I had a cool roommate. We didn't really click as... Uh As friends, but we were cool.
2: Yeah, it was it was all good. Yeah, Yeah, um, no need to dive further. Yeah, sure. And Carberry, wherever he is, he was a good dude. But but Um, but who
0: do you become as a freshman in college? I was really lost. Um, Hold on, I want to. Who was the what year of Syracuse basketball did you have? Oh, it was uh, right before Carmelo. So you had a Keem work. We did. Who else? Uh, We had a Keem work. We had Etan Thomas. Yep. We had Ryan Blackwell. Yeah. We had Preston Schumpert. We had. Mm. Andy O'Neill. No, we didn't have Andy <laughs> O'Neill. No, we had... Um, Jerry Mack or no? No, he came
2: the next year. You uh, didn't have Den De- What's his name? Oh my God, I hate him so much. A few years after the white guy, 23.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, we... we I hate him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Den uh, De- not Den Decker, but it's Eric, a last name like that. Eric, yeah, it is like Den Decker. Yeah. <laughs> Were you a Mets fan growing up?
2: I was a Mets fan. I am a Mets fan, yes. Yeah, yeah, Eric, same. Yeah, Den, Den
0: Decker. Eric, um... I'm going to remember it but yeah. Yeah.
2: You remember where were you for the catch? Eric Devendorf. Devendorf. I yeah. hated Devendorf. Yeah. <laughs> I hated him. What was I your question?
0: Where were you for the catch? The Andy Chavez
2: catch. That's um, like one moment in high school I, I literally remember walking into the cafeteria. Yeah. I was living at my, my parents'. My buddy place. Rich Blue shout him out. Um he was wearing a Andy Chavez Andy Chavez uh the catch shirt yeah. and my buddy Louis Sampus was there yeah. and he was like saying how we didn't get home till 2 a.m. and it was crazy. Yeah. Um so where were, that was a moment in high school. I was catch. at my
0: I was at my parents' place and um our parents are very you know we're very good travelers and uh they they went somewhere in Europe and were on a train with a guy from St. Louis and they became friendly with the guy and they would you know write emails to each other and everything. And um when the Mets played St. Louis in the playoffs, um no shout out to Carlos Beltron. That, um, that curve, Remember yeah. It? They, uh, How do you not swing? Uh, uh, what are you thinking? <laughs> uh, panic, probably. You know, but he, so he he took it, and our parents were like, "Well, you know, Rich from <laughs> from St. Louis, like good for him." I'm like, mm-hmm. "No, not good for Rich from St. Louis. <laughs> Fuck him." God How often damn. would you go to Shea? Uh, we would go. Yeah. Uh, you know a couple times a year yeah yeah. um Shea was an awesome place yeah it was an awesome place so we we just moved into a new place and we were like well what do we put on the walls and um i was looking into blueprints of shea stadium and you can get them online um you know big big massive blueprints and uh but then they also sell random ones throughout the stadium it's just like a bathroom on the concourse level oh my (laughs) god yo let's get that (laughs) please
2: tell me you have an it's the real block a brown block at the new City Field. No, no we know. I, ha- I know yeah. like six families that have blocks. Do
0: you really? Don
2: Massiello, uh, <laughs> a, a buddy of mine from high school, he the Massiello family. They have Do you a go block. visit?
0: It's like, yeah, my brick is over in like you know, yeah, the parking he, lot. I guess
2: I'm sure he visits. He yeah. still brings his uh, old school scorecard to the games.
1: I feel like City Field doesn't really have like a culture. It just has zero culture. Yeah, and it's so like the new Yankee. Yeah, Shea Stadium is like they is, have like a Shake Shack. Shea Stadium
2: was a lawless utopian. Mm-hmm. Just do whatever the fuck you want, place. But where, it was where, our where Hasidic, yeah, token. where Hasidic Jews would go and smoke cigarettes for the first time. Yeah, yeah. I just remember being outside. They would and get down and there, there in the vans,
1: hover around, yeah.
0: and just smoke cigarettes. And they would
1: the ask games. me to shake a lulav in their van. <laughs> <laughs> you just um, walk by.
0: So the best thing about like when we walk past them, if there's two of us, we can split them. You know? Yeah, I love. That. Oh
1: yeah, it's bad. I, I deny being Jewish every time they ask me though, because I'm I'm just like I, I they're like, are you, excuse me, sir, are you Jewish? <laughs> right. And I'm like, no, I'm Italian. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what growing up in westchester is like yeah you know, like no I'm, I'm italian we were we were basically italian we ate italian food we watched soccer games we hung out with our italian friends we're italian but jewish sensibilities yeah you make it sound like the sopranos we watch <laughs> yeah. soccer games what every sunday about? night you know <laughs> so um when you when you get to college sports is not a part of your life no it is a part of my life so i was lucky enough to play
2: i was on the baseball team at basher mm-hmm. um competitive Division three sports is not competitive, <laughs> especially at Vassar College. is not competitive, so yeah, you could argue collegiate athletics are competitive. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't define Division three baseball that I played competitive. Yeah, um, wait, I went, Vassar's in like Poughkeepsie, Poughkeepsie or something. New yeah. York. So, like, what's what is there to do in Poughkeepsie? Absolutely nothing. Um, it was a town crushed by IBM. Mm-hmm. Was he, did your dad work for IBM? Yeah, yeah yes, but, yeah. He, but he didn't. Have, he's not work. the one who shut it down. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but your dad did work for IBM. Yeah, yeah he did work for IBM. Um, he also got fucked over by them. So yeah, No yeah, shots yeah, to, IBM. No shouts to them. Yeah, no yeah. shots to IBM. Yeah, we should just um, have a tally
0: board. Carlos Beltran, IBM. Yeah, uh, and Rich from St. Louis. And all the <laughs> yeah. Went
2: to Vassar was way too much of a hardo in terms of like trying to work my way up the totem pole of the team. Didn't really play much my freshman year. Um, had, you know, spited the coach and would show up at 6 a.m. to, like, outwork everyone. And yeah. just was way too overzealous with it all. Yeah. Um, really got to college, thought it was, like, a... I couldn't believe people did homework. Um, that, like, baffled my mind. <laughs> so... And I couldn't believe people read, like, during the week. Um, so I think I got my, like, party angst as much as you could out then. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really find my key friend group until probably sophomore junior year. Um... Unique place, a lot of really, really interesting, cool, amazing people from all over the world. Super fortunate to have gone there. Um, but it all changed for me. The summer of my freshman year, I had met up with a old teammate of that, uh, that travel team. He went to a private school. He was Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and we decided to... I was working via Vassar. I met Dennis Leary's daughter. Whoa. And I was like, "Hey, can I get an internship with your dad?" And she was like, "Sure." So I <laughs> Wait, get this. What p- is
1: an internship with Dennis Leary? He had a production company. Oh, slash that makes management. sense. So it wasn't just like, "Hey, no, no,
2: I, yeah, it wasn't like go grab Dennis Leary's coffee,
1: yeah, and yeah. hang with him, um, go like you know uh, steam
0: his leather jacket or whatever." <laughs> I don't. How do you treat a leather jacket? I don't, well, know. I don't know if it's steaming. He yeah. was <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, like, "Don't steam it." So I. I got an
2: internship for Dennis Leary's production company and I was reading scripts for amazing, uh, aspiring filmmakers. I, I it's a shame that I was reading the script. Yeah, I, was, I knew, So you, I knew, you, you I gave notes. bullshit summaries. You would have to just whatever. And I was like, Oh, these guys do management. I could definitely do that. Or like do something in the music business. I was, I wa- I always want to be an entrepreneur. And I was like, music is the most accessible, um, I'm seeing this whole blog, music scene, free music, the record business is dead, and I meet up with my buddy, and we're in my backyard one day, and we're like, yo, let's throw a concert. So, Is that home? This is literally in my backyard in Port Washington. we yeah. were the first people to really use Facebook events, but the, the thing was we found the 10 most cool people we knew, and we paid them to invite all their friends. There were 60,000 people invited to this concert at the Canal Room. <laughs> so before you knew it, people thought that it was like the biggest thing. We had no idea what a promoter was. We had no idea what a deal was. We had no idea anything. Um, All the acts made so much money. We made zero money. Um, The show sold out, and there are no longer under 21 shows at the Canal Room. Wow.
0: Yeah. And who were the artists? Funny you ask. So another kid from that baseball team, before
2: I got into this, I was... He rapped. He was from the Upper West Side. He had a group called Upper West. Yes. Mm -hmm. So he... I was like, fuck it, I want to get in the music business, and I, me and my buddy were like, let's manage them, whatever. So there were two kids from the Upper West Side, and they one of them is a songwriter now, Jesse Fink, and the other one, Doug Glacier, is a music manager. He is very close with um, the whole Kid super movement in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, so we platformed them using the internet. Um, they ended up hating the type of music they made, and w- we ended up somehow getting them bookings across colleges. I don't know how. So they were on the show. Skizzy Mars was on the show. Wow. Cam Meekins and a uh, Northeast band called Air. A R. Yeah. So this was me finding people online and. Um, and offering them the show where I said you were going to get X percent of the profits. So Air walked away with like twenty five hundred bucks. Wow. Um, my guys walked away with like a thousand. Skizzy Mars a thousand. Wow. Um, Cam Meekins, you know twenty five hundred bucks. He was a headliner. Yeah. I walked away with nothing. <laughs> um, and that spiraled into meeting Chris. Sort of around the same time, my ex girlfriend at the time, her prom was looking for a performer. So I had reached out to Chris just while I was networking and sort of building this quote-unquote company that promoted shows. I was trying to get one of his artists on the, on the show, and I was able to get his artist paid $5,000 to perform at the Manhasset High School prom. Oh, my God. So that's when we started. Um, and Wait, what was the theme for the prom? It was called like a frolic. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> uh, what was the theme? I don't know what the theme was. I know that they did have Sammy Adams one year. And they, oh, my God. They had Taya Bali, who we used to manage at Visionary. Um, Do a lot of people get booked for proms? We didn't get anybody. Yeah. We had a DJ. No, I think thing. it was like a weird I Manhattan. They had a lot of money, so they booked people. yeah. yeah. Um, but good for Chris. He got five thousand dollars. Sure, yeah. that was huge for him. Yeah, um, that was huge for Tay at the time. Yo, by
1: the way, I will perform at Manhattan <laughs> Manhattan uh, High School for five thousand dollars. Yes, yeah. So if anybody from Manhattan High School is listening,
2: bookings in bio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I wonder. I wonder how involved my ex girlfriend's mom is in the booking system now. Yeah. <laughs> is she listening? <laughs> I, I really hope she's not listening, and I hope she the best for her. Yeah. So, so um, do
0: you go into that canal room show knowing like? how much possibly you could get for these artists and how much I had you would not walk away with
2: zero idea all I knew is that I was put together I didn't want to be a promoter my whole life I didn't want to be in the club scene I just was really really serious about it um so I the show crutches Joe who I worked with on the show the kid from the, the Catholic private school I was like, yo man, we should do this thing full time. We should rock out while we're in college. He went to Trinity College, I went to Vassar. Trinity, Connecticut. Yes, correct. And he, I ended up taking it way more seriously than him. And I was like, how do I, my end goal was to get in with a artist and a manager who had a real vision and worked their asses off and um, I could attach to. and, And literally work for free for intern. So I, every other, uh, Dennis Dennis Leary, yeah, yeah, you missed Dennis. Um, I, so every other weekend I would throw shows at private prep schools when I was in, when I was in college. So I would literally take the train down. I knew one guy with a, um, Audio system. His name was DJ Vinny Bags. He ran a pizzeria. <laughs> he ran a pizzeria in Mineola. Oh my. I knew him because he was best friends with the star of our CYO basketball team, Dylan Cynickson. Shout out Dylan Cynickson wherever
0: in the world. That he is, is, is the most Long Island thing, yo, Vinny Bags no, from Mineola.
2: <laughs> well, we would show up with Vinny Bags and his, and literally his. Assistant slash hype man scribbles, and then I would pull His up intern. with these two Jewish kids from the Upper West Side who like literally wanted the red carpet. Yeah, and they would be like, Man, we can't roll with scribbles. I was like, We got no sound if we got no scribbles, so <laughs> fucking pick or choose. So I created this fake agency, more or less, and I, I it was it was smart to, to, to you know, to my own credit, it was. I knew these kids had money. I knew these schools had money. I knew they lived on the internet. I knew they loved all these blog artists. It was a really cool moment in sort of blog music era. And that being said, I would call the schools, figure out who the head of activities was. And I would say, hey, how much money do you have for a concert? Um, I just threw one at Choate Rosemary Hall, give them a shout, see how it went. Um, and I would get it done. So I it was, it was wild, man. I must have thrown 30 events while I was in college, from like a sophomore to a junior. Um, so I didn't really have
0: any friends from college because of that. Well, how, how smart do you get within that process? Like, are you like way better at 20 shows in than you were at like 10 shows?
2: Yeah, but it was more about just networking with artists. So I I was constantly Mm -hmm. throwing Chris opportunities for Logic and taib at the time. Ironically, I put them on their first show together, which was a big moment at Vassar, but I had my own show at Avon Old Farms. Where the You were art- double booked? <laughs> I was double booked where the artist got booed off, but then it turned into. But DJ Vinny Bags saved the day. Yo, shout out to Vinny Bags. Vinny Bags is my fucking guy. <laughs> Vinny Bags, he saved the day because he ended up just turning into like a huge dance. So like 6,000 kids loved it. Um, so I was constantly throwing these guys opportunities. And I remember exactly where I was. I was actually at Choate when doing a show with Taib and Chris had hit me on facebook message saying hey man really respect what you're doing would you want to intern for me and i literally picked up the phone i was i called them i was like yo i'll I'll wipe the floor like this is you know you're my you're like to me my idols at that time were you know benji and rostrum will and taylor gang and um and i saw what chris was building and i really really respected it and he was a really professional young mature um entrepreneur and i it literally came full circle. Yeah, so and I he- never took any money when I was doing these shows. I would, I would take care of everyone. So for some reason, Vinnie Bags was staying at like the literally the four seasons of Waterbury, Connecticut, and had like a fifty dollar buyout because I just wanted to take care of whoever came and helped. Um, and it was the long game. I wasn't trying to make whatever. Sometimes I guess I would charge shit to my. LLC card at the college bar, I guess that was cool. But (laughs) otherwise, no, I was paying everyone whatever I had. They got paid in full before the show started. They got paid in check or cash, whatever they wanted. So life was good.
1: So you didn't even think that you could do this on your own as a solo thing. You wanted to to help out on on Visionary.
2: I could have followed the path of being a concert promoter, but I knew that's what I didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I wanted to be, as cliche as it sounds, Always part of something bigger than myself. And mm-hmm. I, Visionary was the
1: first thing that it was like, wow, well, Logic is really... The... To be fair, religion was the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> you could argue. Um, when was the first time you actually heard Logic?
2: Well, it was. I met Chris Viettayabali, who was an artist we used to work with. From Philly? From Philly, from mm-hmm. North Philly, from a really terrible, terrible situation in North Philly. Um, he was really buzzing. He was like one of the first posts on that blog, the song is sick um and he was having a really cool moment and then i heard logic via i think via his facebook page we used to like cross promote they used to cross promote um and this is like 20 this is tw- this is sophomore year so 2012 it all really started in may of 2012 so i was throwing those shows say 2011 2012 and then chris asked me for an internship i was like obviously i'd do anything for you guys and then he goes okay, we'll start... I left school on May 24th, maybe. He was like, okay, come over to the... We're gonna go to the public library. We had, we, he worked out of his house. We went to the public library in Port Washington, and he was like, yo, Logic's going on tour. You need to tour manage. I was like, sweet. <laughs> uh, but then I told my mom, and she was like, you're getting your tonsils out. You're gonna die if you go on the road. So then oh, Chris had she, to convince... Yeah, obviously, yeah, Jewish yeah, mother. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. she had to convince my... Chris had to convince my mom to let me go. So the with f- the chance that you could have died, <laughs> yeah, I really was gonna die because of my tonsils. Um, well, yeah, but I what to my credit, I was very, I was knocked out from the surgery, and I was still like helping book all the hotels and shit while Chris was holding it down the first few <laughs> dates. So I, I fly to Dallas, and I am nineteen years old, tour managing for Logic on a sold out
0: tour. Yeah, let's put this into perspective. Uh, what projects has Logic put out to that Logic point? Logic has put out two mixtapes. Okay. So he's put out Young Sinatra and Young Sinatra Undeniable.
2: And what kind of venues is he booking at he's that point? He's playing SOBs in New York, um, the Roxy in LA, and 300 to 400 capacity venues. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Selling them out. Yes, we were... We were this was the first... Of its kind to really outside of like Mac and Wiz to take free music and build these these new verticals of business. Yeah,
0: so uh, you had not met Logic to that point. We had met. I actually booked him at his
2: first show at Club Europa in Brooklyn, which is a bizarre club in Greenpoint. Maybe there were like 50 people there. I was helping some kid put the show on, and I was like, let's throw Logic on, 500 bucks. And then he headlined the Barclays Center, (laughs) shouted me out, and said his guarantee was a lot bigger. (laughs) Um, So we had met a few times. He has an incredible memory, so I think he remembers meeting me. But I fly to to Dallas, and I'm like, holy shit, I'm going on tour. This is going to be fucking crazy. I'm going to meet girls. It's going to be insane. I walk in, and he's like, hey, man, here are the rules. This is my business. We're here to fucking build this shit like no girls no girls on the tour bus um he had a ton of rules and i respected it. it was his name it was his you know his money on the line um and we started to hit the ground but i was so young that i couldn't even go backstage at a lot of the venues whoa wait because the house of blues has a rule you can't be hmm. under 21 and backstage <laughs> so i'd have to settle the shows on the front side
1: so you didn't have like a fake i guess like that would be against the rules and that also exactly. wouldn't make
0: Yeah. Sense. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're you're 19. You're tour managing. You have to everything, except for book the shows. I did everything. What what all goes into becoming a tour manager at that level? You everything
2: goes into it. I mean, you do everything from literally waking the guys up and make sure they get to the next city to um, settling all the shows to advancing with all the promoters to. Um, all of the equipment you need to rent, everything. I mean, it, it was depressed. more just like, to be honest, it was really just surviving day to day. That well, was that was the biggest challenge for me. It was like, oh, I don't know how the fuck we're gonna get through today, but we just did. And it really went flawless. We had an idiotic accounting system where we would take <laughs> uh, manila folders and put the money in from the show. So like, let's say Denver, $6,000. Um, because none of the promoters believed in us, so they gave us these versus deals. So normally you would go on tour, you would get a $500 guarantee. Um, and... Do you book your own shows? When yeah. You your show? mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where'd you play in Austin?
0: Uh, what, we did a South by Southwest show in Austin. Oh, yeah. What's the? Um, well, I mean. W- w- Atlantic hired us for that show that was at Stubbs. Got so it. Stubbs, is my favorite venue. Four thousand people out there. Matashyahu live at <laughs> Live at at Stubbs. at Stubbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The greatest Jewish album of all time. You just sounded like you just okay. sounded like Nardwar. Yeah, I know. Sorry,
2: I'm in my I'm in my bag now. You are. So Jeff, I did meet meeting Nardwar was fucking wild. That was I, yes, that, that was that yeah, was wild. Agreed. So that agreed. was so that was that first. Did war. he
1: know everything about you? He knew
2: nothing about. Me. Um, That's he what you was, think. He by was the way, very fast. He might on have been email. like, yeah. He let's go back to what, what the question was. What was going it? Well, on you before. have an
0: idiotic system
2: towards oh, keeping the your money. in the folder. So we would say, So we would make six thousand in Denver, we would put it in the folder, and then Tayyib would be like, Yo, I need weed money. So he would take 200 out, we would write 200 <laughs> minus Tayyib weed. Yeah. Or logic would be like, Yo, I need cash. So we would do a thousand, whatever logic, a yeah. thousand. We would put them all in my backpack, and then my backpack would sit in the green rooms. I had like a hundred thousand you? dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It
0: could have been stolen at any time. It You're 19. Wild. You have a backpack full of a hundred thousand dollars and uh, all the weight on your shoulders. Literally. Yeah, um, all
1: the weight was on your shoulders. <laughs> literally.
2: And it was it was awesome. It was life changing. It was super super difficult. Um, and it was Chris's philosophy was sink or swim. So mm-hmm. I swam.
1: Was Chris also on tour?
2: He. Left, right when I got to Dallas. So because the business was getting to the point where he had to sort of be in front of the computer and really be on the phones and work. Mm -hmm. Um, Who
0: else were the main people at that point?
2: That was just I was employee number two.
0: But on on the road, on the
2: road, it was Logic. It was his now producer um, Six, who was his DJ. Yep. Um, It was a kid named Sladro who is back in the picture now. Who's one of the nicest guys ever. it was Taib. It was his DJ Jansen who had this wild haircut. It was one of those uh,
1: asymmetrical. Yeah, it was like vertical. It was fucking yeah. nuts.
2: Um, I don't really fuck with Jansen. He always pissed me off. But I, but he's a good kid. Look like the Slim Jim guy. Yeah, he just he just fucked up my flow. He was always late. Um, who else is on the road? We had a, a video guy named Orlando um he was gravity who shot all of logic's videos and he wore a mask everywhere which was awesome <laughs> pre marshmallow yeah <laughs> um, but post
1: slow down from those saint lunatics mm, correct shout to Faraz Nasir. and and that, was, that, was. Was,
2: that was the squad, so we had a green minivan, and then we had a white Nissan, and then as we got to the East Coast, all the Maryland homies just jumped on. I so bet. like literally driving to SOBs, I remembered passing Chelsea Piers and being like, <laughs> this is the craziest moment of our lives, but also looking in the back of the car, and there's like 17 dudes. So are you, in essence, a camp counselor? You're a camp counselor, but also you're, you know, they're grown men, they know. Logic was very, very, very Uh, Focus, tunnel vision. So he knew what he wanted and he led by example. So everyone was focused, but I was a camp gatherer. Yeah. I think really gathering was the key. So is he Uh, Sir
0: Robert or is he Logic?
2: At the time, he's... Or Bobby. It's Bobby Mm now. Yeah, it was Bob, Bobby. um, I call him Ralph sometimes, piss him off. (laughs) And then uh, I went through this weird phase when I only talked to him in his lyrics. That would piss him off too. But uh, no, it's Bob. uh, Chris really coined Bob and then... uh, rob uh
1: bobby now yeah um when was your first time seeing logic solve a rubik's cube
2: my first time seeing logic solve a rubik's cube i don't know the first time i saw him but the most momentous time was when we did jimmy kimmel for the first time and i was advancing so i ended up i was the one advancing jimmy kimmel because we had no um tour manager at the time and there are two stages at Jimmy Kimmel. There's the outdoor stage and the indoor stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is right when we signed to Def Jam. And I was gung-ho about playing the outdoor stage. And Chris was like, okay, Harry, I trust you. We're going to play the outdoor stage. Gabe Tesoriero, who I'm sure you both yeah. know, yep. the legend. Love, of, yeah. That's, I mean, that's yeah. my big brother, my, my, yeah. my dad. Um, I, I remember exactly where I was. So we were in Chris's basement where we were working out of the, out of the time. There were two couches. I sat on one. He sat on the other couch. And he goes, Yeah, Yo, you fucked up. And I'm freaking out. I was like, What? I, okay, what did I do? He goes, You booked the outdoor stage. Do you know how many fucking people it is? <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, he's going to do it. Don't worry. It ended up, it was 2,000 people, the capacity. So he's like, We got to get on the phone with Gabe. We got to get on the phone with Gabe and fix this get on the phone with Gabe, and it's funny looking back on it, we always joke, I must've made a comment to Gabe like, have you ever done live TV before? Oh God. <laughs> and That's like saying to like, you know, MJ, <laughs> do, you have, do you play basketball? Right, right. Um, so that, that ended up working out really nicely. We sold out the admission in 24 hours. Wow. So
1: How much of a lead time is there for the thing? You get five days. Okay.
2: Um, I knew we were gonna do it. It was a really cool moment. Um, that being said, it was our first time with a live band. It was, I never advanced the live band. I just figured it out somehow. Our now tour manager played drums at the time. Wow. Um, cause he was our merch manager and logic crushed it. But that was really the start of the Rubik's cube. I feel like, because I just remember him showing all the security guards, the Rubik's cube and just like not <laughs> wanting to talk to anyone besides just solving the Rubik's cube. <laughs> um, but I've seen it so many times now. So, it's amazing. Wait, so
1: wait. has he taught you how to do it?
2: No, he's not the type of person. He's he's there. There were a, a lot. There tells. there are always <laughs> cubes available. Sure, but it's for you to learn yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Up, yeah. oh, what? Uh, yeah, what? hold on. Hey, ha! Guys, guess what? Announcement. Announcement time. What's going on, Jeff? We still have a newsletter. Wow. Yeah, people thought that we would have given it up, but yeah. apparently. We are still going and we are still going strong.
0: Yeah, now's the time to sign up. Sign up for that newsletter at itsthereal.com. Okay, it's a one step process or maybe two step process. Yeah, first name, last name, <laughs> email. Oh, I guess it's three steps. I was going to say go to itsthereal.com. That's one step. Enter your information. This is a lot of steps cuz if you <laughs> if you if you really break it down, yeah, it's like
1: five steps. Right. Go to itsthereal.com. Yeah. Put in your first name. Yeah. Put in your last name. Right. Put in your email. Yeah. Press oh. the button that's where it gets complex
0: and then you have to buy something at slash shop <laughs> i think that's a great idea you know why because we have these amazing mugs how amazing are they eric jeff you can do so many things with them yep you can wear it as a hat you, you can, can wear cro- it as a button you can wear it as a you can play croquet with it they're called mean mugs it says mean mug on it yep there's a guy making a mean mug on the back yep They're really funny. They're really funny. I think you should get them. So does Jeff. You want to know what? If you think that people should get them, then maybe people should get them. I think so. It's thereal.com slash shops, where you go do that. It's thereal.com is where you sign up for the newsletter. Go do both. And now back to Harrison Rammler.
1: Has Rubik's ever reached out to sponsor him in any way?
2: They have. I've had conversations with Rubik's. I had to clear... We did a, actually Justin directed and shot it, the Everybody documentary, Mm -hmm. that uh, Chris and I had the audacious idea of partnering with iTunes at the time to release it as a deluxe version, because as you know, back in the day, the deluxe version was equally as valuable as the regular because of the things that the deluxe had. Was it custom art? Was it certain liners, whatever? How do we get people to buy deluxe albums in an age where they don't buy physical albums? We add a documentary to iTunes um itunes despite with what i thought was a very clunky system at the time because in transition between streaming um so we go to itunes and we say hey we have this documentary they say great (laughs) we'll figure out how to put it up um but then def jam legal says you have to get consent for every single logo person sound and location so i reverse cleared (laughs) 83 people, like 50 logos, including Rubik's. (laughs) Um, And we got it done somehow.
1: What was the hardest one to clear?
2: The hardest part to clear was the most important. There were two things. The most important part. The number one, the Batman logo in the back of his studio, behind his vocal booth, which if we wouldn't have cleared that, it would have ruined the whole documentary. We had the last day. The as wild as it sounds, there was somebody in the documentary who was singing Tanache. You actually have to clear even if she she was humming Tanache, yeah, you have to clear that. So RCA at the time? It was beyond RCA. Tinache had several publishing entities, so we just passed on that. We let that one go, we cut it out. And then ironically, um, there was a whole thing going on with clearing Khalid's part when he was recording um one eight hundred. Mm-hmm. So because he was live recording, so they were very precious, rightfully so, about his live recording. Mm-hmm. And it got caught up between Def Jam and RCA. And that's how I met Courtney, who manages Khalid. Mm-hmm. We became you know, brothers through that yeah. um, because I was literally just pounding him <laughs> to get this clearance. Because if I didn't, Logic is a man of his word and a man of his creative vision. There, there was no taking that part out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that ranks up there as the second hardest clearance I've ever got. The hardest clearance, Logic reunited the Wu-Tang Clan, including jackpot Scotty Waddy on his recent album, YSIV. (laughs) Method Man interpolated himself. (laughs) I had to clear the song. I don't know the lyrics off the top of my head, and I don't know the song. All I know is I had 10 hours to clear Method Man and six other
0: writers because he interpolated himself. (laughs) <laughs> so in the ninth hour we got it done. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, taking it back to the to that first tour that you were on. By the end of it, was the last show SOBs? The last show was SOBs. Okay, it was so the pinnacle of life. Yeah. And uh, does that come at the end of the summer?
2: That comes on I, August fourth. I want to say.
0: So yeah. okay, so you know, within 20, 30 days, you're back at school.
2: Exactly. It was this bizarre juxtaposition. So, so your
0: summer job was a lot uh, more exciting
2: possibly than a lot of your peers. Yes, but nobody believed in it. Nobody understood who logic was. Kids thought I was crazy. So I went back to school and I was like, Chris, how can I help you? And he was like, I'll, you can know, you can be my number two, right? Well, okay.
0: So, so how committed are you to school at that point? I start giving up. Did so, you think that you were definitely going to graduate or was it like more of a fifty? There was 50 one thing? moment when I thought
2: I was gonna drop out because Chris needed help in LA. He would go out there a lot. Um, but what I did was I realized a lot of these kids a lot of these kids had, you know, three nine five 4.0 GPAs they couldn't get a job. So I was like, I'm all in on this shit. Let's yeah. fucking do it. So I sort of forgave my education. I found two or three professors that really believed in me and gave me the confidence. I found seven or eight professors who literally Told me their class, their class on uh, politics, law, and justice was more important than sliced bread. So (laughs) I really, I didn't do any really, I didn't really do schoolwork. I was obsessed with this this job and helping in any way I could. Um, Did your parents understand? They had no idea. Yeah, they had no idea. But
1: Um, at a certain point, your your parents do know, and I think your dad encouraged you because he found this article by Tom Friedman and like you um about like how you have to create your own job. You wrote this thing for Vassar. <laughs>
2: yeah, I did write it. Did I write it
1: or I was interviewed? No, you wrote it. You did an like an op-ed or some, some something. Um I feel like Nardwar right now actually where it's just like <laughs> Oh, need- meeting Nordward. Wait, let's get back. To okay. Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> meeting Nordward was wild. We were in Vancouver and Logic was obsessed with Nardwar. We were all obsessed and he Nardwar walks in. This was on the This was on the second tour, so 2013. And he walks in and he goes big Lembo was <laughs> logic's best friend and, mm-hmm. and you know let him stay at his house for years while he was while he was growing um, his career and it was wild we ordered Chinese food the promoter ordered Chinese food we were I remember me logic and Narwara were eating Chow, chow mein. <laughs> it was fucking wild and logic was very very prepared for the interview um, and he's the is the most special character I've ever met. He is it, like watching him walk away from that venue into the distance, it's like feel the dream
0: shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um have you guys met him? Yeah, oh, yeah. We've met him, we've hung out with him. Yeah.
1: Um he is exactly the way that he is on camera and off.
0: And he listens to the podcast. So shout out to Nardware. That's amazing. Shout out to yeah. Also, did you guys see that Two Chains was recording with Dr. Dre. like Yes, last I week. did see that. And did you see the pants that, that Two Chains was wearing? I did not. Straight out of Nardwar's closet. They are like the plaid pants with like straps on them, red. It is incredible. Anyway. So we go back
2: to Vassar. I'm a junior at that point. I am still playing baseball. I'm for going. I'm going to class, but I'm not really paying attention. I'm. Figuring shit out. We have John Bellion at the time helping get that off the ground. I I was releasing songs of Logics in my dorm room, making them live on SoundCloud. Logic signed to Def Jam. It was announced on XXL, and I was in the school uh, like union student union, and I like cheered, and there were four Asian girls, and nobody gave a fuck. (laughs) Um, And John Bellion was growing, which was awesome, and. I would I would go to class, but I wouldn't really pay attention. I wouldn't do any of the reading, and I would
0: get by. I graduated with like a B average, which is fine. But you yeah. feel like you're part of something bigger than yourself. Yes,
2: I, I knew where I was going, and wh- it was very very scary. But I knew. What were you majoring in anyway? I'm majoring poli sci because it was a ten credit major, and there was no thesis. <laughs> and I tra- I I my one of my final papers I handed in. I was on tour with Logic. And we were in a. Logic had flown with his security guard to New York for the XXL freshman shoot where it was Trinidad action. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a great class, Travis Scott. And we were stuck driving from, I want to say like Omaha to Texas. We got stuck in a tornado. And I remember we pulled the bus over and I finished my last college paper. There's a picture <laughs> of me in the. Well, we all thought we were going to die, but I had to send in this paper on (laughs) racial inequality in America. Well, it was either going to
1: be a tornado or a tensilitis. (laughs) So
2: I sent the paper in, but ironically, that professor, Luke Harris, who actually taught me a lot about the, and the issues in this country about racial inequality that I use in discussions about hip hop all the time, he, I did a swap for him. He was obsessed with affirmative action and he was a uh, thought leader in that field across the country. He had a YouTube animation film and I taught him how to put it on YouTube. In reverse, I handed in four pages of what should have been a 25 page essay. <laughs> so shout out Luke Harris, he gave me a B minus.
0: So you, so you graduate
2: from, from Vassar. So junior year, I go, I still playing baseball, um, this weird thing happens where the team goes to Florida for spring break, or I go to Europe with Logic to tour manage. I decide to go to Europe, uh, best decision of my life. We go over there; we're all dirt broke. I think I got Chris gave me like maybe a hundred bucks for meal money. I was I I worked for free for Logic. I never tour managed for any money. I never I didn't know what a per diem was. I was it was wild. Logic was broke at the time Wait, too. You
1: didn't know what per diem that. W-
2: we so all believe, you got it. You were we, handing out per diem. No, we weren't. We were all, we were all believing in what we were doing. So we were all working for free. A lot of us. Well, So
1: what was the hundred thousand in the backpack, like going towards?
2: Paying for the tour. I mean, you got to pay for the cars, the fuel, the insurance, everything. Hotels. I, hotels. Yeah. Obviously, Logic and Taib made some money, but there were tons of expenses. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, where, where were we? we in were, Europe. We were in Europe. Best decision I ever made. We land in Europe. I remember Logic was, he was dirt broke at the time. Chris had wired him some money. It was like in between the mixtapes and the debut album, so it was weird. We did, we really didn't have income coming in. It was sort of show by show, and we had, we traveled by train. We traveled by Easy Jet, and we we did this thing, man. We did London. We didn't make it to Paris. There was a snowstorm, but we always say it was the greatest show of all time. <laughs> um, we did Amsterdam. We did Belgium. We did a festival in Switzerland um, in the mountains where Redman and Man were in the bathroom the same time I was. <laughs> wow. And I think Redman pissed. It. There was two urinals. I got a urinal, man got a urinal, and Redman pissed in the shower. <laughs> um, and then I remember Cypress Hill was performing and they gave us so much weed that we couldn't even imagine And th- because for some reason they were getting chased down by the cops because they were in another country where you couldn't smoke weed, so they gave it all to us. Which seems like a bad idea for you to accept it. <laughs> I didn't accept it. There was another guy in the crew who was the weed guy. And, and he, now yeah. he's in jail. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. what Shout out Peru. I don't know where he is. Yeah, uh, I think I just crusader. answered the question. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, don't I don't think, think he's he... in jail, but I, I, he's somewhere. He was handling that. You say situation. his name is
0: Peru? Peru, Peru, it's Colombia. Yeah. 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 By the um, way,
1: shout out to Peru, where we do have a very loyal listener. Oh, good. Yeah. Shout out to that What's one listener. Name? <laughs> shout out yeah um, so
0: so you're doing
2: europe so europe yeah so my 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 baseball team is in florida not my baseball the vassar college brewers wow. are competing yeah. in yeah. florida yeah, yeah. how and quickly I, you disown them I know. <laughs> sorry i apologize you fought I'm in that e- leadership i'm in europe yeah. and we crush it i remember the london show was a massive massive moment for logic he was very very um appreciative of that moment he told for the first time ever he told a fan that he had signed to Def Jam and we have dear friends who are in our like inner circle of fans now that that we met that day that are still fans of ours that that are still fans of Logic but really good friends of all of ours mm-hmm. um, Pete and Katie Kate there she's actually expecting so Mazel Tov. Oh to congratulations uh, she's an amazing artist an amazing friend and and been there for Logic since day one because we had signed in 2012, but we didn't announce till 2013. So we had mm. kept it under wraps. Yeah, what is
1: it like to sit on that for so long?
2: It was intense, yeah. Um, but we we wanted to wait, we wanted the momentum of the cover, and we wanted the momentum of the right people on the press release, no idea at the time. Um, and it was a huge thing. Logic was building an independent fan base. So the, the thought of signing to a major label was a, really a moment back then, much more than it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, we were, we were really quiet about it. Yeah. There were only a few of us that knew. And when the moment came, it was, we announced right after we got the XXL freshman cover. So everyone thought that Def Jam signed this hot new kid Logic, mm-hmm. um, despite a ton of people on the internet saying, who's Logic on the cover? <laughs> yeah. But we had been signed since 2012. And well, yeah, What, what was, was
1: the good? first thing that Def Jam did to you, for, you, for you guys that like, you felt like, okay, now we have this machine behind us?
2: It was a very, very, very unique start because you have to remember, let's just finish the Europe thing. So I go yeah. to Europe, I'm tour managing, amazing experience. Um, I literally learned on the move. I, don't, I didn't even get an international cell package. It was so backwards, but we got it <laughs> all done. We crushed it. Everyone got everywhere safely. Everyone got home safe. Um, and I literally took the train back to Poughkeepsie and like had to go to a baseball workout and like do a 115 power clean because <laughs> I can't lift weights. Right. Um, so, <laughs> then the coach was like you're not really gonna obviously he wasn't gonna play me rightfully so because i just dis- you know I- in his eyes i disrespected the team um and then that was when i started to really become close with all my guys on the team so they were starting to support me a little bit um, that being said i started to really fall out of love with baseball then mm-hmm. um, so we actually somehow we made it to the playoffs Um, for the first time in Vassar Baseball College history. Wow. Wow. But it was very, very, very... pressure. On your back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, despite not pitching an inning in the playoffs, it was very pressure-filled for me, because (laughs) I had to go on tour on May 21st, and if we would have won one more game, we would have had to play on May 21st.
1: So you were rooting against your team?
2: I, <laughs> I'll, I'll admit, no, I was rooting against yeah. the team. I'm sorry, but it was for the right reason. Uh, then, so, so thankfully, I rooted against my team. We lost. I, dude, you have to understand, I would literally go out of, like, we would do double headers. I would escape to call Chris, check in on, like, hey, did we get the tour bus locked in? Did we yeah. do this? What yeah. else? Yeah. Um, you know, I was his assistant at the time. I was doing, I would sneak my phone. It, it was crazy well, shit, man. If,
0: if you
1: were to compare yourself to a movie figure, a, a baseball player. Like who would you say it was? There I was Pete I'm, Rose. <laughs> no. No, I'm not to be in conversation. Well, I was going to say like um I get the the feeling of um Tom Hanks in uh uh League of Their Own. <laughs> just like somebody who's just like so checked out. Yeah, I was beyond checked out. It was yeah. wild.
2: Um and then I was very furious at one point the coach would tell me uh, hey, you're going to start this week And I, my dad took off his job Post-cooking, he works in construction for a big firm And it was a big deal for him to take off his job You yeah. to take a day off And I remember he came And I didn't pitch And it really, really hurt That's me. a bummer Yeah, it really, really hurt me It was a turning point um, So I stopped playing baseball May 20th we And then we met Trinidad. I remember Trinidad James came to the show in Atlanta on May 21st Wow, wow. That was a major moment All told yeah. everything, that was awesome
0: Fellow Def Jam Uh, So yeah, we can
2: transition into Def Jam. So Logic was signed. We were building this incredible fan base, but we didn't understand to our own fault what educating a building meant. Mm -hmm. Um, So while we were building this, while we had sold out shows at Irving Plaza, sold out shows at the House of Blues in LA, nobody at the label really understood. Mm -hmm. And we have this great album, Under Pressure's debut album through the label, in October of 2014, and they massively undership us. Mm-hmm. And why does shipping even matter for an, for a fan base like Logics? They want everything. They want yeah. to hold it. You know, these kids they 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 need everything. This was a moment for them. Mm-hmm. So territories were literally selling out, and one girl could go to. M- the mall in Long Island, she st- bought out the whole territory of Long Island. Yeah. Well, I
1: mean, but that's because of you and your fan base. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Actually, my grandma and grandpa went to buy the album oh, at Best awesome. Buy in Riverhead. They couldn't find it. So, <laughs> yeah. so, but then I would screenshot that and send it to Pat Monaco. My, now my guy yeah. who, uh, who was handling sales. And I was like, Pat, you fucked up. Bro. <laughs>
0: um, my grandparents are out there, you know, so, but you
1: hadn't glad handed like Pat at that point, I'm guessing. Right. Is that, is that what, what say, they song? Say once more. Meaning that like you hadn't gone around the building and been like, hey, like this is who. There we was are. a massive
2: miseducation. They were like, he's yeah. not in the club. She's not. You know, he wasn't your stereotypical Rick Ross, Chains, Jeezy. You know what I mean? He wasn't yeah.
1: hanging with Peck at yeah. the forty forty. Yeah. And he wasn't. Which, by the way, would be an incredible. <laughs> 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 yeah, I would love to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Logic and, and Sean Peckas <laughs> would be the best thing ever.
2: Um, no, they would. They would kick it off. They would. They would hit it off. Now. Um, yeah.
3: But and you have to move the building. You have to... Yeah,
2: we didn't move the building. And our A&R was... We, Logic was signed by No Idea. And mm-hmm. this kid named Noah Preston at the time, who's a good friend of ours now. Yeah. Um, I think he was also finding himself in his place. So Logic comes out. He does 75,000 albums, which we should have done 100,000. It was a massive, massive disappointment to us. It was really, but 75 really... 75
1: is hard. nothing to sniff at.
2: 100,000, we would yeah, have yeah, We yeah, would have yeah, had 100,000, we would have yeah. BTI. Yeah. So... We we do we crush that and then we keep building and come the sophomore album it all starts to click that's sure. when we feel the machine yeah. mm-hmm. um, we don't catch a radio record but we do this incredible marketing idea that Chris and I came up with where Logic visited fans at his at their houses and mm-hmm. played them the album um, covered by the Wall Street Journal Forbes um, but more importantly it really showed the building who Logic was um, and the album was challenging to market it was a space odyssey about his travel to paradise mm-hmm. his planet paradise and uh but we created i mean, lead, I'm sold yeah. Yeah, we, we, yeah we it was actually the incredible true story and transformation of the man who saved the world mm-hmm. that's the full title of the album but right. the incredible true story is what we went with um <laughs> and we first rapper to ever have his own signing and meet and greet at comic-con which was awesome so we tapped into this this nerd culture and we logic we were like, man, embrace yourself. You're doing the Rubik's cube. Let's do it on Jimmy Fallon. So we yeah. had a massive gaming influencer sit in the crowd and give Logic a Rubik's cube on Jimmy Fallon, which was a moment. Um, and we were like, man, just embrace yourself. Don't chase after hip hop or anything you don't want to be. Um, so and, who are you at that point? Who am I? Yeah, I'm still Harrison.
0: No, no, but like, I'm. I am. That's an. I writing. am. <laughs> who are you? October
2: 2014. I'm graduated. I, I had graduated college. Yeah. I was working with Chris as the number two employee. I was... So you're getting paid now. Yeah, I'm getting paid. Mm-hmm. I Living was, in Long Island? Living in Long Island. He was in Long Island as well. We worked at a, his house, um, the basement, the trap house, man. His parents were the best. They they supported us so much. Um, my parents at that point understood it. Um, and I was the number two, so everything. I was yeah. everything. You know, assistant. You know, We don't really believe in the day-to-day role we don't believe in like somebody does marketing we just all hands on deck our best employee is is bam by by any
0: means so 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 in that independent space where you guys are working out of a basement where you guys are no matter whether you're signed to a giant label or whether you have representation to get you booked wherever you want in the world you're operating like you have no help and it's just you guys yeah but we're operating like we're the full-fledged managing,
2: you know, in our minds, a superstar. That's and what, it still felt what, like
0: that in that basement. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We took it
2: just as serious and we were managing. John Bellion was growing at the time and he was the first artist to ever take um, the hip hop model and do it with pop. So we had taken, we put out pop mixtapes. So I think really the only person who could have done it was Mike Posner because the moment he was having, but we literally did the same thing we did with Logic and we replicated with Bellion because he wrote, produced and, you know, everything was a hundred percent him. Um, so he was building at the t- same time. He did the exact same tour as Logic did. He played SOBs. On my train ride back from SOBs, after I had to leave his show right after because I had to pass a Russian test, and I watched Anna Karenina on the Hudson line of Metro North, and I got a 66 on the test. Congratulations. And I cheated off my good friend, Andrew <laughs> Bloom, who I hope I will send him to this, and I cheated off him, and I appreciate him, and I'm forever in debt to him. Wait,
1: does he not know that you cheated off oh, him? Oh, he knows. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, But now it's on record. <laughs> but it was.
0: But it was just but how did a, he do?
1: Oh,
2: he got a 98. Yeah, he's, a, he's a legend. So you're yeah. not a very good cheater. <laughs> no, but no, because I was petrified. I was like, I can't go from getting Ds to getting oh, a, sure. a, in 100, yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. let's just squeeze across. So yeah. I did that. Um, so it was this weird juxtaposition, man. John Bellion sold out S.O.B.s. It was like, what pop kid does that now? I got to get on a fucking two thirty train to Poughkeepsie with a light, with a stopover in Croton, Harmon. Oh. <laughs> like literally, think of anything more depressing. Right. Um, I cannot. <laughs> yeah. So we put the the sophomore album is when it really clicks for Logic. We have an amazing core team at Def Jam at that time: uh, Faisal Durrani, Steve Bartles, uh, Dave Bell. Was our that was our main three guys, mm-hmm. um, and they were phenomenal. They really embraced logic, and they really, really got behind it. We sold 135 thousand albums first week. We started this whole DTC trend. We yeah. literally invent. We literally in, reinvented it. Yeah. Um, and well, why do you say that? Nobody was looking at it at the way we were looking at it. We were the way we priced our items was very, very unique. It was very, very affordable. The way we. Um, rolled it out was very very strategic. We we sold a hundred thousand C albums on everybody. His biggest album to date. Mm-hmm. So, um, and obviously you see everything going on with Travis and well, Nikki. I was going to say yeah. yeah.
0: I mean uh, the everybody sweatshirts were a big deal. Yeah, we sold thirty eight thousand of them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So so. You you feel the momentum. Yeah, we feel the momentum. We it don't feels bigger it feels, than feels, feels seventy five thousand. Yes.
2: At that point, we're doing Terminal Five. We're doing the Will Turn in L A. Maybe the Palladium. Um,
1: so these are like double the size. Double yeah, the size. yeah, it's all yeah. happening. Yeah.
2: We put out Bobby Tarantino the mixtape. Then he goes on a co headline tour with G E Z. In amphitheaters across the country with YG and Yo Gotti, big. What a lineup! Yeah, I what mean, an iconic lineup!
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm be honest, like a very bizarre lineup, yeah. right? Like it's like one of every.
0: But you know what? Yeah, hard ticket sales. Yeah. matter. <laughs> yeah, and and you're doing that across the country. Yeah. So are you back on road? I no. At that point,
2: probably two tours before Chris was like, "You can either work with me or be a tour manager." I was like, "I'd rather work with you." So, our merch guy at the time was a road vet and we believed in him and he's still our tour manager John Momberg awesome 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 guy um super passionate so I'm managing the operation with Chris from the sidelines and we find we start finding our cadence he's really the creative marketing 30,000 feet and I'm straight logistics so what does that mean at the time at that point it was like overseeing the touring overseeing just the day to day overseeing you know turning in the record all that and then it turns into You know, Logic and Chris want to put 100 suicide survivors on stage at the VMAs, Harrison, get it done. You know, we need 250 Latin immigrants, get it done.
1: How do you find 100 suicide survivors?
2: We partnered with the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. So, that being said, we had the contacts across the country. But it was very, very, very fragile because these people were real, authentic survivors or trauma survivors... And we had to treat them as if they were... I called Viacom. I said, you have to treat them like they're Katy Perry. Yeah. Um, you can't take for granted how emotional what they're going to go through. And obviously, that moment he had at the VMAs was career changing for him. And really one of the coolest, the most incredible thing I've been a part of. Um, the I rec- mean, how
1: gratifying, you know, like all that. The like goal to- was to
2: save one life. And, I, yeah. and to be honest, we... we we were the day the song came out it was the number two most volume calls to the lifeline and then the day of the vmas i think it was number one wow um the record came from a super super pure place and it was a crazy journey man to get a song that
0: starts with i want to die and number one at pop radio which is crazy how do you find your gut level to be able to have conversations with of Viacom with a Def Jam with, uh, and I don't even know who, what other big companies you've, you've yeah. spoken with. Rubix um, yeah, no, uh, but honestly, to, yeah, to clear whatever Rubik's. you have to clear. <laughs> no, the most important conversation is yes. but, of but, all time. But, but how do you find your voice in all of that and be able to, I,
2: I struggled with it a lot in the beginning, to be honest. I'm more of a, I'm an email rat. So I like to email and Chris, a phone guy and my communication skills, just because I was younger and I think r- pretty insecure, um, I battled with like bad insecurity and confidence issues. I just, I, you learn by doing, right? We really have no other option. Um, And if you can get a lot of things done if you're really empathetic, right? So I've always been good at, the person on the other side of the line, you, I know them before I meet them. And they they know me before they before they meet me. For some reason, I just have that trait where I can build a bond. So when I met these trauma survivors, it was like I'd spoken to them 17 times over the past five days. I knew everything about them, right? It was like, oh, Sherry, oh, my God, how's your daughter or whatever, you know? And then um, we just treat people with, like, extreme kindness on the you know, artist relations side at at Viacom or, you know, the legal side at, at Def Jam. They're some of my best friends because a lot of things we did were so innovative. There were no processes in place for it.
0: And how do you not worry about how your artist who is so unique compares to other artists who may be more traditional?
2: We weren't focused on anyone else. We, we we were building what we always dreamed of. I mean, Kid Cudi was my favorite artist growing up, and he had this niche, massively niche fan base, right? And I noticed we actually supported him, and then Surreal, we played the same venues on our own and outsold him, which was a massive moment for us. Just me and Logic, we were talking about it. And we were so focused on building that base that nothing else mattered. So I wasn't really focused on the... Trinidad James, the world, they were having the one hit wonders and everybody signing to, you know, signing to MMG was a huge moment at that point. So, um, I was obsessed with just helping double down on this base. Yeah. To get us to the garden.
1: That was the goal. Um, one of the things that made me sort of, uh, understand logic the best was the Netflix documentary. Um, what was your part in all of that? How did that all come together? Sure.
2: So we, um, People are people really discovered him through that. It's either they discovered him through that, the one eight hundred song, or they're a pure fan. Um, the documentary is amazing. He was going through a really, really, really difficult time in his life. Obviously, as, as you watch it, um, I was the way we work is I'll usually take the first two or three phone calls with potential partners, then I'll pull Chris in if I think it's a good opportunity. Um, we did that, and then despite them having a production crew, really, it was on us to execute and produce it. So I worked hand-in-hand hand with Peter um, from Mass Appeal and Ben Selko, who was like the lead creative at uh, at the time. Um, so I was, you know, I, we were very influential in making
0: it happen, mm-hmm. especially with everything he had going on in, in, in his life. Is there such thing as too much music? For Logic or yes. in general? No, for him. Putting out too much music? Yeah. I do not think
2: so. I think that Drake changed the he changed the way the music business works because Drake and Future were putting out not only quality music but a high volume and they took the stigma of a cycle away. I don't think there's such thing as too much too much music. I think is, if the music's good there's no such thing. Um Future Respectfully, I think he's gone in waves, but Drake has con- stayed so consistent that he can put out whatever he wants, whenever he wants. But, um, you know, our our philosophy with our younger clients that we have now is, is two projects a year, um, just to just to
0: build that base. And how well I know you? You recently started, um, or I know you recently announced. Yes. Uh, visionary music. No, so no. it's very confusing. I just <laughs> explained it to my grandma yesterday. So we. Visionary
2: Music Group, it was Chris and I for several years. We hired another, um, we hired somebody else, Lawrence Lamb, who used to be an agent at Paradigm. Awesome dude. Um, works with me on all things operations. And we then partnered with Jesse Corn who, manage, who manages Quinn92, signed to Columbia. Chelsea Cutler, who's unsigned. Jeremy Zucker, signed to Republic and AOK. So we have se- seven clients on the management side. Um, the seventh client is six. The seventh client is six, Logic's producer. Yes. Which is very confusing. I, I know. So, be, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He I understand why I, you, <laughs> I get why your grandma would be confused. Got it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so that's, the, that's the, the the core business right now, obviously. And where does Sermon's Domain fit in? Sermon's Domain is my... my. I mean, that's my brother. Yeah. Yeah. So Sermon's Domain is the biggest legend of, of, of the internet. Yes. Um, <laughs> you guys know Sermon via the internet, I yep. assume. Yeah. He handles all of our social media. He's done a tremendous job. You'd be floored by when he came to New York recently, how many very attractive women wanted him to handle their social media. Of course. (laughs) Um, He's a legend. He's so pure. We met him. He did an interview for Logic in Seattle, years ago 2013 probably for his own for sermons domain the blog yeah. which yeah. is you know pretty much more important than mtv or <laughs> the grammys i mean it's yeah. literally the most important platform on the internet so yeah. shout out sermons <laughs> domain yeah um and he was like hey can we run your can i run your socials and we were like sure you know we knew he was a hip-hop head um rest in peace mac miller was a huge sermons domain fan he used to tweet i don't give a fuck about the reviews unless sermon reviews it <laughs> mm-hmm. um and that's how he came in the picture. So he handles all the social media for Team Visionary. So Visionary Music Group, we have our management vertical, and then Chris and I just partnered on Visionary Records in partnership with Sony. We okay. Have no artist signed yet. We just announced it three days. I think Friday. So three. Congratulations. Three, thank you. Three days ago. We're super excited about it. Um, obviously, as the record business is coming back and the pendulum swings back, um, we think that being young innovative managers will will expedite the process of breaking artists so and what sold you on sony rob stringer and chris had a really good relationship and um they're they were just really really excited to to work with us um and it's a beautiful situation where we can choose to work with rca arista columbia or epic there's you're not tied to one um so if we feel you know artist x is best for RCA because of, you know, this certain product manager or this certain executive, we can run with that, um, but it's where, and you know, it's, we have to work now. We,
0: you know, people are congratulating us, but there's a lot of work to be done. Well, and personally, how validating was it for you to be named 30 under 30? Very to be
2: honest. Um, It was more important for me to see Chris on it the first year and see Logic on it. I knew Logic was going to get it. I wasn't (laughs) surprised. Um, But it was more important to see him get it because he deserves the world and and he really has given me, you know, more exposure and more mentorship than anyone in my life. Um, But it was, to be honest, it was incredibly validating, but I think well-deserved. You know, I devoted my whole life I worked so so hard, man. You know, we do. People say we really do eighteen hours in, in the office, and it was just two of us for so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, ecstatic about that partnership we did with Jesse earlier this year. The the four new artists are, are incredible people, and
1: and six who's the seventh? Yes, and <laughs> yeah. six. But six was always in the family, so it was just we just did the work really for the first.
2: Yeah, in essence, he's the f- second. No, second. Yeah. In essence, yeah. <laughs> um, But they're amazing. Jeremy Zucker is a singer-songwriter signed to Republic who's got a great record come through that's really spiking on Spotify and Apple. And Quinn, 92, is currently on tour visiting his biggest fans at their homes. He just pulled up his tour bus to his mom's house in Detroit, which is awesome. He will play a sold-out show at Terminal 5 and sold out The Wiltern um, this year. And then Chelsea is in Copenhagen tonight playing her first European tour. And she will sell... Her entire US tour out doing two Irving Plazas um, at the Fonda Theater in LA. So, you know, we just were obsessed with feeding their base and just touring. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's We're awesome. obsessed.
0: Um, I, I, I need stories about the, the following three people sure. and, and also if you can rank them as athletes. Sure. Okay. Um, Big Lembo. Yes. Uh, Justin Fleischer. Yes. And Shwai. Sure.
2: Okay. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> that's a good question.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Um,
2: yeah. Big Lembo is the. He's the Eli Manning of the Rat Pack because Eli Manning is a two-time Super Bowl winner. Mm-hmm. But despite being the worst quarterback of all time now, <laughs> you really can't take away the Super Bowl rings from him. Um, big Lembo is forever the greatest. He's the legend. So yeah. He's the godfather of this whole. He's our, you know, he's my big brother. He's, he's by far number one ranked as a human, as a just a. Me and him have been through so much shit that people just couldn't imagine. Um, and he always gives me the respect, and I always, you know, share the love back um fleischer i actually gave him the job at visionary which is interesting um i love him to death he uh Schwa's is a better athlete fleischer's fleischer's more fleischer has got the heart though fleischer's more competitive yeah he's a poor man's charles oakley um, do you guys still ball i, I never no.
1: Nope. Well, okay so, still I, I i take issue with that so i'd like to i have not lately so
2: yeah. We, we hoop a ton when he's in New York. Um, we got a cool little run. is the better athlete if you're talking agility. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I have to rely on somebody to get the job done on the court, I go yeah. Fleischer. Um, but big Lembo, by far, I have to just give him the number one slot across the, across the
1: board. Does Schwy wear like the Horace Grant, um, <laughs> goggles? I wish he did cause yeah. I would like that a lot more. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got a good squad, man. We got yeah. we got a good
2: squad. Logic's getting pretty good. Um, six is getting very good <laughs> when he's on the court as the fifth. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> the Logic's bodyguards, uh, Pep and Jordan can really hoop. Um, Pep and I have just rediscovered our love for all things Sebastian Telfair, OJ Mayo, wow, wow. and that era of basketball, wow. so we're, we're just obsessed. Um, we, yeah, we got, a, we got a nice little squad. Um, that being said, so I want to flip it. So give me your—I've <laughs> been waiting for you so long. Q&Q. So <laughs> give me your number one seeds mm-hmm. for rappers,
3: mm-hmm.
2: current and pu- not yeah non dead and alive. and what is the term? I don't know. Keep yeah. going. Yeah, I, I, give I me give me your, your 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 yeah. You're doing your selection Sunday. Give me your top four of, Your number of, one, and oh. then give me your last four in. Oh, at rapper. like yeah. rappers like rappers rap in... in rap rappers in the ncaa tournament
0: of rapping so we're dealing with so so i need the top four seeds and the last four in so it's it's 65 teams because they have the plan 68 i think 68 yeah yeah yeah. okay so uh the top four seeds you want to go jeff your number ones and this is again rappers rapping not like rappers who play basketball right the way that
1: we already did the
0: yeah shout to waz and trey yeah
2: there's
1: no involvement with the basketball
2: just
0: behind
1: the mic okay Best rappers. This is so
0: complex. Career, okay. the whole career. Uh,
1: I would say Biggie number one. Dead or alive. I would say Jay number two. Uh, I would say. So these are my top. The the, the all these the, one your, seats. Your, the These the, are the ones. Joe Lenardi is on <laughs>
2: NBC, and he is saying, you know, yeah. Biggie one will face the, off against yeah Atmosphere in the one verse sixteen. Game. <laughs> <Okay. Yeah. laughs> well, shout out my boy Jay. Atmosphere. Bird. <laughs> <laughs> Atmosphere would get us. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um okay so it would be uh biggie J. I would say two chains mm. and i would say uh cameron I, okay i was I, I was actually gonna say the same okay i was gonna, gonna say all the, in on two chains. the same yeah. all in tech. on two did you out, see out that i know yeah. Yeah, yeah. shout, yeah.
0: Out, to shout tech. out tech big shout out to tech shout, yeah tech's my guy yeah um okay and last four in okay okay
1: i mean the first one that comes to mind is lil flip <laughs> <Love that. laughs> um let's go with Okay, I'm just going to go quickly. Um, Plies, I want to say I need like a dip set. Oh, I would say, yeah, I'll put jewels
0: all the way down there. Mm -hmm, I was going to say that. And then... It's the real. (laughs) We made it. Yeah, wow. You're handling a lot of artists now. Yes. You're a busy guy now. Very. How spread thin can you get? It, It...
2: I am spread very thin, but I am really confident in what I do. Um, we've got a really good system down, Chris and I, and then we just hired another person on the management side. Um, shout out Brendan, who's a killer. We believe in quality over quantity. A lot of people just want to get big-eyed and just get this big office and, and hire a ton of people, but I'd rather have five aces than twelve you know subpar players, right? Yeah. Um, so. We, we got it it's it's on track now obviously as we build the records vertical out we'll we'll hire on that side um but we're, we're good on management now um and we're really focused on breaking you know not only breaking the new artist but also helping logic achieve the next steps in his career which is he really wants to be um he wants to step into film and tv he wants to you know well yeah is that, that like is that book? is
0: that line true which line the line in his new song where he says that he got on a plane wrote yeah. a script and then sold it yeah he did so yes. wow
2: he wrote that song in Ann Arbor Michigan
0: all right beautiful ann arbor i i went to university of a text michigan 7am
2: yeah. that's at five me music studio and i found him big sky recordings shout out chuck the guy at big sky recordings that's awesome what's the
1: hardest uh like one
2: hour okay, yeah. yeah so so right. oh i do have an answer for that yeah uh the so the main focus now is getting logic to the next level sustaining um, not only sustaining but continuing to grow. I think there's work to be done on uh, the touring front on you know just his rise globally. John Bellion, an incredible artist, um, an incredible producer, an incredible songwriter that put his heart and soul into his last album that we want to you know share that message with the world and and these emerging artists really it's a really hard time to break artists right now. Um, so figuring out creative ways to, to break them and to establish touring careers early on, which we, we are doing, so. Yeah. Um, but bandwidth, I, you know, I, I don't I don't stop till the job's done, so I don't think I'm spread too thin in any way. Yeah. yeah. And Chris Chris is really good at recognizing when we would need to bring on someone else. Um, but, you know, I, I, I've been given so many tasks that are so wild that I've achieved, and you know, we've all achieved, like the 250 Latino families, on the VMA's um, which the best story about that is the I had to hire we were so over budget at, <laughs> like beyond <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like my mom speaks fluent Spanish I was like okay you're a translator go so you she she came, my girlfriend Jill, she's amazing, she came. So she was so we they Wait had does s- your girlfriend speak Spanish or is she no, just no, along no, she's just along yeah. for the ride. She's along for the ride. Yeah.
1: She or, as they say, contigo. Yeah, yes. <laughs> contigo. Yeah. yeah. yeah so tra-
2: trabajando. Yeah. Um, so, they had placed us. Obviously, they couldn't place us in Radio City. They had to move us to the Marriott mm-hmm. because we were not the executives. <laughs> we, sure. Yeah. Obviously, you know, I yeah. don't want to go into that, but yeah, yeah. we yeah, were placed yeah. across yeah. the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Some yeah, people yeah. say yeah. at the Four
1: Seasons in Waterbury. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah. <laughs> We were at
2: the Marriott. <laughs> so, me and my 250 friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and where it's very strategically to to get the aisles and the shot you have to put 12 kids here at 6 kids there whatever so the 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 cool things that happen right before the show are right before Logic performs are my girlfriend is leading a pack of eight kids. I think it was like the kids like 10 and under, so they were very little. She bumps into Spencer from The Hills, that MTV show. Spencer Short. Pratt, yeah. Spencer Pratt, yeah. who she, I guess, had a crush on, but he was in the <laughs> way, and she was like, Spencer, get the fuck out of my way. Wow. Whoa. So shout out Jill. Yeah, yeah. For, big shout out to Jill. For not being starstruck, yeah. but most importantly, telling Spencer to get the fuck out of her way. Yeah. I'm literally like clearing people out of the aisles, saying like, watch what's gonna happen. Uh, Nicki Minaj for, gets her award forgets her phone and her bodyguards go back in to get her phone because losing Nikki's phone would be God, yeah, I, I yeah. Mean, I'm sure pretty bad yeah, yeah terrible so yeah. and I'm going up to these bodyguards they're twice my size I'm like get the fuck out of the way I got <laughs> these literally I got these Latino kids coming through in like five seconds um, so thank God I just got them out of the way in time um and they didn't murder you yeah Yeah, nikki didn't murder yeah nikki got her phone back thank god yeah Yeah, i hope her contacts are still synced. (laughs) uh and they didn't murder me and then all my uh my good friends crushed it on the performance yeah that was uh that was awesome
1: um what is the hardest assignment you had to solve in like an hour
2: there's so many (laughs) um there are so many I think a recent one that was really cool, and the, the the two ones that come to my mind, they're not hour long. Logic is obsessed with his album art, and he's very, very, very involved, and everything from like the color of the of the of the the blue and right. everything. He wants a cerulean. Yes he he is the only rapper besides Kanye West to go to the printer at umg in the basement to see his album cover being printed to check the color wow so doing all of his album covers is very very intense john billion just shot a music video underwater where he needed a recreation of a full trench coat that he had drawn and i had to get a waterproof version with lights on it that (laughs) could withstand six hours of shooting um how do you do that you just figure it out, man. Yeah. Um, do you? You just figure it out. I don't do it myself. You find the best people to do it. Um, what else, man? I don't. I don't know. When we were first touring, maybe the second tour, our trailer fell off our bandwagon, sure. which is an in between a tour bus and a minivan. It's literally just like a rectangle with beds on an <laughs> RV on, on a on a truck. Um, I somehow figured out how to. You fix it. I don't know how. I, you know. Do you know I, anything about cars? No, but me and <laughs> shout out Sledro. Mm-hmm. He drove it. We figured it out. I don't know within a few hours and it all.
0: That sounds like man. Somehow driving. it somehow it always
2: works out. I don't know how. Um, that that documentary was really tough. Clearing
0: that. Yeah.
2: Um, really really
0: tough. No, you're a guy who who gets things done. That that's is, what I do. That is yeah, your job. That's what I do. Yeah. Listen, I I think that. Well, first of all, I do want to say that Justin has been uh texting wondering how it went so how did it go it went great okay good yeah. how do you, how, what's your process do you ever fight how do you collab you you've oh, been together for, so long
2: yeah yeah I think, oh and um, then I, yeah, that's the first question okay. <laughs> the second question is if you had to compare yourselves to a nba duo what would it be
1: uh i would say i'm like grandmama <laughs> and you're like
0: i don't know muggsy bogues yeah.
1: <laughs> um what's our process like uh i think collaboration is not easy it's not and i think that also on top of it like we live together and we work together and we're brothers and we're brothers and there's a lot of like and we have a lot of the same friends like there's a lot of things that go into it but i think that overall we mostly are good yeah Um, i would say like we fight maybe every so often
0: only about the intro yeah it's crazy. We never argue about anything else, just the intro. And yeah. that, that can get heated because it's it's a moment of creativity that you want to get right. Yeah. And it just happens to be, like, on deadline. So you know how that is. It- uh,
1: but, yeah, I think that, like, um, you know, I, I, our process is, like, Eric doesn't like to do research because he likes the conversation to be natural. I like to do more of a—I a, like to be able to understand, like, the parameters of, of you know, what I'm, what I'm working with. And so— um, I did do a deep dive on you and it's, I... You didn't touch on a few of the online articles there are on me. There are there are some very, like, interesting ones. Like you, um, like I said, like Have I read my your... Fundraise for Haiti?
2: Yeah, in 2010. Yeah, but two of the kids on the team were, on my team, were banned because they got caught drinking via Facebook like a red solo cup but we would have beat Uniondale imagine how much better the story would have been if not only we raised $2,500 that day but we beat Beat the Haitians yeah Yeah. so horrible um (laughs) um, but my my, that was like another bizarre situation my dad like forced me to do He he was like dude there's a there's a there was oh, an earthquake. Huge, and, there was yeah. an earthquake.
1: There's Haitian. Like, figure this out.
2: And I was like, Okay, whatever.
1: Yeah, but like, I was going to ask, like, you know, because you're not somebody who has natural connections to Haiti. And then... <laughs> And then you you do it, and so I thought that it was a very like you know honorable thing. It turns it out was. that it was shout to your dad. <laughs>
2: no, it, it, it came from my heart. It was yeah. honorable. It was the right thing to do. I'm I'm very very fortunate. My dad uh, my dad pushed me to.
1: do it. But I I did say to Eric, I was like, there's a million press hits that this kid <laughs> did as a teen. I'm like, what is he? Like, was that all
0: you did? You just did press as a teenager? <laughs> I was just like, I
1: don't know. I was weird, man. I was the
0: outcast. I was. I, we would have been friends. At the end of the day, I'm just happy that that you've made it your job to get the bag, whether that's getting Logic the bag or Vinny Bag the bag. Yeah. yeah, 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 Vinny <laughs> Bag's getting that bag. Yeah. All cash, too, all cash. Listen, all congratulations cash. on on 30 Under 30, congratulations on making a career for yourself, and congratulations on everything that you have planned going forward, especially with Sony, because that sounds super dope. Yeah. And thanks so much for being the first guest in our new apartment. Yeah. Thank you, and congratulations to you guys. Thank yeah. you very much, and Thank thanks you. for the Q&Q. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of A Waste of Time with It's the Real Jeff. If you want to find out more about us, I'm Eric. You're Jeff. Together, we are It's the Real. If you want to find out more about this podcast thing of ours, it's called A Waste of Time with It's the Real. Get familiar. Woo! If you want to find out more about anything that's going on with us, Jeff, where can they go? You can always go to
1: itsthereal.com. (laughs) It's the Real.com for all of your
0: It's the Real needs And you guys have a lot of It's the Real needs Guys, it's time to take care of those needs Go to It's the Real.com So you can always go and sign
1: up for our newsletter You can go and you can buy some shit You can also find out everything that's going on with us Right there at It's the Real.com You can also find all of our old episodes And our new ones at iTunes Search for It's the Real Go to Spotify, search for It's the Real And you want to know
0: what? Go to CastBox, I don't even know what CastBox is, but it exists, and people like it. Search for It's The Real on there. Jeff, I'm gonna say this too, for those of you out there who fuck with SoundCloud, yep, we're
1: there. SoundCloud.com slash a waste time, SoundCloud.com slash 2
0: If people are looking for us on social media, Jeff, what can they do with their lives? Fix it.
1: <laughs> you can also go for It's The Real. It's The Real on Twitter It's The Real on Facebook
0: It's The Real on Instagram Wonderful Yeah Alright So uh This is the part that all of you have been waiting for This is why you went and signed up for that newsletter Jeff This is the time when people want to hear us say their names out loud So what are you going to do?
1: This is I'm just going to do it off the top of my head Like eyes closed? Yeah Eyes Not, closed yeah. Top of my head It's like a magic trick Yeah so I just want to hold on and see, think about it. Yeah. Here we go. All right. Uh, I want to shout out yeah. Nick Kalminsky from Detroit, Michigan. Shout out to Nick. I want to shout out Jozen Cummings from New York. Shout out to Jozen, who we actually know. Yeah. I want to shout out Sayir Mula from Toronto, Canada. Shout out to Sayir. I want to shout out Vaughn the General.
0: No location. Shout I want
1: shout to shout out, out John DeRosa from Deerfield Beach, Florida. Shout out to John mark prodenovic from rotterdam netherlands shout out to mark Uh, i also want to shout out Ludrik from uh from the hague also in the netherlands jasper from geneva shout out to jasper lethebo from johannesburg shout out to you joeberg i also want to shout out greg hoffa hoffa's not his last name but he says he's Hoffa. greg hoffa okay shout out to greg i just want to shout out carol griffin i was want to shout out dustin hayes i also want to shout out carlos lawrence jake roth kevin reed steven alexander michaela barnett and fuck it let's just go with uh <laughs> slick nick the ruler all right i want to shout out jake Hicks. i want to shout out jeff porter i want to shout
0: out andrew Regalado guys from chicago y- illinois we appreciate you all The White Sylvester. For signing up for the newsletter. Hannah Kern from Mount Pleasant, Michigan. At itsthereal.com. Go grab yourself a mean mug at itsthereal.com slash shop. Jeff, as always, not for real, for real. John Watson from New York, New York. We'll see you guys next week.